0: So sorry to interrupt the eating, but if I don't start now then it'll be like I won't get home to like ten o'clock or something. So we're gonna start now. <laughs> My kids need to go to bed, that's what's wrong with that. So we'll start with prayer. <clears throat> o Heavenly King, the comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who art ever present and to tell us all things, treasure your blessings and give our life, come and abide in us and cleanse us from every impurity, and save our souls, O good one. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If there's something that the Orthodox Church is known for outside of icons, and you have to spell it with a K, you can't spell it with a C, right? Um, That was a joke. Uh, Thank you. You know Orthodoxy because of beards or cassocks or prayer ropes. Or maybe some big word like mysticism. Uh, Maybe you've heard of a book, The Way of the Pilgrim. Has anyone heard of the book, Way of the Pilgrim? So, Way of the Pilgrim was a famous Russian text that was Mm -hmm. translated. And it has a path of somebody pursuing uh, a life in Christ. And prominent in it is the Jesus Prayer. There's also... um, Oh, what's the JD Salinger, the popular Frankie, in the Frankie? No, Catching the Rye, not Frankie and Zoe. <laughs> Didn't he only write two? He's an elusive guy. He. It's Catching the Rye where they talk about have the conversation about the Jesus prayer, right? There's a rant. There, is it Frankie and Zoe? Okay, so it's the other book because there's Catching the Ride and then there's Frankie and Zoe. They have a conversation about the Jesus prayer. The Jesus prayer or the prayer of the heart is something that, in general, there's something about orthodoxy that can attract um, a lot of press or, I'm just looking, you can have books that even talk about like orthodox mysticism or these things, but there's nothing particularly foreign about the prayer of the heart or, you know... It might be different because it has a different practice than uh, it is practiced in the West, quote unquote, in the Latin church or then especially in the Protestant churches. But the Jesus prayer or the prayer of the heart has uh, its roots back in the Old Testament, the devotion to the name of God, uh, Old Testament roots even showing up in the prayer itself with jesus as i'm sure you know is just a form of joshua god saves god is my salvation and you see in the new testament the power of the name of jesus especially in acts where the apostles go forth in the name of our lord and demons flee people are healed Uh, and you see this triumphant march of christ throughout the known world uh, echoed in Paul in the Philippians, his epistle to the Philippians, where he talks about at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. So there is a veneration not just for our Lord and uh, as His person, but there's something special about His name and the invocation, calling upon Him, as Paul talks about in Romans. Right? Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. In the early church, uh, by early church, I mean. Post Book of Acts, so the still Apostolic Age, but beyond just the apostles, but into the early Church Fathers, and then to the Desert Fathers. Uh, we don't have uh, specific evidence per se of what we call the Jesus Prayer, so like, as it's a technical term in the sense of like, well, first, you all know the Jesus Prayer and its form that it is given in today. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Right. That form comes a little bit later, but the basic practice of invoking or calling upon Jesus is, obviously, we've seen it in the New Testament, throughout the early church, in the Desert Fathers. uh, You can read the books that give you all of the sources and the quotes and all those things. Uh, I only have a few minutes, and me reading quotes out of a book isn't very interesting. So, if you want resources, I can give you some resources What you see early on in the early church and the fathers is uh, this consistent and intense fleeing to God regularly, not just at set hours. There's the set hours where they would come together or they'd say the prayers that you even see in the book of Acts where there's the set hours uh, that Israel would pray, that the apostles would go up to the temple to pray. You still have throughout that time because... Temptation, <laughs> despondency, despair, all these things don't just happen at the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour. They come at 3.15. They come at, or the noonday demon, as the fathers like to talk about, right? It's like right after your lunch meal, there's the, some of it's just physical, right? The blood sugar, just the things, you get tired, you need your coffee, you start be like, what am I doing with my life? Those kind of questions <laughs> usually come about that time. And the monks especially knew that. Because they are out in the desert making baskets and saying, what did I do with my life? Why am I here? Why did I marry that pretty girl? Why didn't I, you know, my mom, I love my mom. I haven't seen her in five years. You know, this is what happens to a monk. This happens to us. Maybe even some of the same ways. But what they advised as they are striving in all of their life to perfect themselves and bring themselves closer to our Lord is... uh, fleeing to him so something that uh at least at least the way that saint john cashen talks about it is arrow prayers these uh or you see it in saint anthony you see it in the lives of the early desert fathers these little short prayers they say uh arrow prayers i like that better than the latin form uh because they are shot up to god for example O oh lord make haste to help me that was an early one that they would do. Uh, The fathers, they would take little lines of the Psalms and they would pray these and they would do them regularly. And you see throughout, especially the desert fathers in the name of Jesus or in other uh, lives of saints or in the teachings, that in the name of Jesus, demons would be put to flight, that they would see that there's power in the name of Jesus. I can't help saying that and then just start thinking of the Protestant hymn I grew up with. There's power in the blood. Uh, There's power uh, in the early church that they understood in naming him. Saying his name out loud was not just a kind of like reference, but it was actually in saying it, bringing his presence, his authority, his power into the present uh, so that whatever is assailing you, he can be present to defend you, to ward off to find, to provide refuge. So this develops over time. First, it's condensed into it. We have these phrases. And then there's even, uh, we can tell that there is even just saying his name, that there was a repetition of his name. Uh, this was condensed over time into the phrase that we know today, today is the Jesus prayer. And there's this is probably... I'll say this is, in some ways, it's early in the life of the church. In other ways, it's late in the life of the church. We're talking maybe 7th, 8th century, uh, that we start seeing reference to the prayer. Uh, and then 14th, 15th century, then 17th, 18th century, it's definitely there's kind of a codified with some variants of the Jesus prayer. What was always uh, adapted and used in these short prayers very early on is some kind of counting or something physical, as to keep your your mind uh, rooted or grounded in something. Uh, this being a prayer rope. Uh, this was uh, you can see it's throughout a lot of the ancient world. Even to the day, if you were to go over to Turkey and you're like, "Do they have a prayer rope?" No, they have something called worry beads, and they do this all the time. well you'll see Greeks and tavernas, and they're just like that that's not they're not doing that with a prayer rope it's a worry bead it's kind of a, it's a different thing uh but the prayer rope uh is specifically used so that if you are given by your spiritual father something like you should say 100 Jesus prayers a day so you can count off and it has divisions uh, obviously as if you I'm sure the Anglicans are like this looks kind of like a rosary uh because they're related to each other i think there's a little bit of a conflict about where who had it first i think the east says that saint dominic got it post crusades and then brought it over and then <clears throat> i think there's different myth mythologies is not the right word <laughs> origins so, legends i like le- legend has a more like i don't know hobbity sound to it so we'll, we'll, we'll do that uh, legends about where the rosary came from and either way there, it, there is the practice of saying a Hail Mary, but the Jesus Prayer is what is done. It is in uh, there's shortened forms of it, uh, but it's some of it, it, the the heart of it is outside of uh, invoking our Lord. Is short, condensed, repetitive prayers that are made to take as you. I don't like the word mindfulness because it has all sorts of other, but what it basically is doing is stealing your mind and bringing it in the way that we'll talk about it, that your mind descends into your heart. We're all very aware of how distracted, how frazzled, how dispersed our attention is. And even when we're trying to pray, like what is the hardest thing when you're praying, praying, right? Like focus, you're like three lines in. You're just like, what do I need to do? what happened? Oh, I'm angry about such and such. And then your kid yelps and you're like, should I keep praying? Like all you're just mind. And then you go back the Jesus prayer. This is why we have the physicality of a prayer rope. And there's other physical aspects of the prayer that we'll hit on a little bit that the fathers will <coughs> give advice about how to enter into the prayer. But there is the, the focusing of the mind in a way that is not just Thinking, but going beyond thinking to communing with him and having him present uh, invoking his presence even kind of here that you feel his presence even the fathers will talk about a warmth that they'll feel uh, in praying the Jesus prayer or praying the prayer so this is not magic Uh, one of the things about it's not shamanic it's not Uh, some kind of um, I'll say technique that is supposed to do uh, something for you if you were somebody who didn't believe in Jesus and you were doing it uh, you could just transpose some other mantra because it's not a mantra that's not what it's supposed to operate as Uh, it is a very incarnational um, devotional Way of approaching our Lord and calming our wondering mind and bringing everything down into our heart. So, the themes of the Jesus Prayer that I want to talk about in the practice of the Jesus Prayer, and then I'll talk about some practical things. But, themes of the Jesus Prayer, there is in praying the prayer uh, an aspect or a major aspect of the fathers talk about is vigilance over the heart. This or, or guarding of our heart against thoughts. The way that the fathers talk about how sin uh gets a hold, how sin inter, is introduced uh is basically a long commentary on James chapter 1. Sin comes in we say, yes, I like that thing that like this thought that comes in. Then you couple with it. You you kind of get close to it. And you're like, oh, I wonder about that thing. Like, I'm going to drink that third cup of coffee. Or I'm going to, uh, I am going to go over to that website. Or I am going to do this. Well, I'm, going, a bad TV show, right? I'm going to watch a bad TV show after I've said three times, I'm not going to do this. And like, lo and behold, there you are, 15 minutes later, not a thought. Right. There is once the coupling happens, then there is act. Because before you act, unless it's a habit, you're going to think about it. You're going to contemplate it. And then you're going, and as James talks about, once uh, the act has happened, death is born. Sin has been committed. The Jesus prayer is something that is to guide and guard our heart. Uh Sin is introduced, the idea of something, a temptation comes in, and if we're watching over our heart, then we can bring Jesus into that moment and have that thought just kind of sail on by, where some fathers will talk about you want to fight it, but the main tradition is not to fight it, not to engage it, because it's going to overwhelm you. Uh, It is to basically ignore it and to let Jesus deal with it and just let it float on by. This guarding of the heart uh, is something that, as you can probably tell, that's a lot of work. (laughs) Fighting sin is a lot of work. But thankfully, this is why the fathers have. It's not like you need to do a full Vesper service in order to deal with one temptation. You're going to say, Jesus, help me. (laughs) Uh, Jesus, help me. And kind of repeat it. It's like bringing him down and saying, I need you to deal with this. I can't because if I, I'll be overwhelmed by it. The fathers, when they talk about temptation, there are some things, and this is what they call a habit, where it doesn't even go through the process of like the idea is introduced and then you contemplate it and then you act on it. A habit is you don't have to go through that process. A habit is there's the opportunity. You're there. You're done. It's, it's happened, right? You don't even, there's no fight. There's no thinking about it. You're just there. That is what they talk about like bondage to sin uh that is why habits and when they things become second nature like that they're even harder to uproot and take out which is why vigilance of the heart through the jesus prayer is um something they're going to have to have by your side all the time i was just at uh holy cross monastery uh last week was that last week yeah that was last week okay lint also seems to make time just kind of (laughs) elongate uh at the monastery besides seeking some silence and having some space it is always good you're sitting there in the library and a monk goes by and you can hear him muttering to himself and your your first thought might be is he crazy? (laughs) Is something wrong? What's going on? And then you realize you can hear Jesus being muttered under his breath because as he goes about his day or she goes about his day, they're saying the Jesus prayer. They might have even a small prayer rope uh, that they will be just basically helping keep them on track. Uh, Not that they're necessarily making counting all the time, although they might keep track of how many times they go around, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they are more often than not trying to keep jesus present in whatever they're doing this is um an aspect of the prayer that physicality that i'm going to talk about of something like having a prayer rope uh that the fathers in engaging uh the jesus prayer there's different ways that you can engage the jesus prayer so for the example of the the monk or a lay person uh Going around just kind of like washing the dishes. It's a perfect time for you to say the Jesus prayer. Uh, Doing some chore, mowing the lawn, like there's driving the car probably is one of the best places to practice the Jesus prayer. Uh, I think you know what I'm talking about. As somebody veers in front of you. Uh, There is then also taking Jesus prayer and, and making that a allotted specific time that you're dedicating to the Jesus prayer. So it's your constant companion, but it's also something that is uh, that the fathers recommend uh, setting aside time, like in the morning or evening. Now, I think in the way the pilgrim, it's uh, the advice that he gets early on is like, spend an hour or two every evening doing this. Obviously, I don't remember if he was married or not, so he probably doesn't have kids, but he was a layman wandering around. Uh, but something like just five minutes i'm sure you're like five minutes that's not that much yes it is <laughs> if you're trying to actually do the jesus prayer you're going to realize in about 15 seconds how your mind's going to go wee, wee, squirrel squirrel you know all over the place wow. there is needing uh to set the stage where if you're going to sit and do the jesus prayer they'll talk about preparing yourself <clears throat> Right, You can't just jump in like, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, you can if you need to. Temptation's coming. But they'll talk about go into a quiet room, maybe in front of your icons. Get a chair out. Literally, they talk this specifically. Sit in the chair in a comfortable position. They'll even talking about if you need to lay down, lay down. I bet most of us, if we lay down and try to do the Jesus prayer, will last about 30 seconds. Because um, you're going to fall asleep. So if you need to sit up, then sit up. Uh, there is then even talking about the way that you you sit that you kind of even put your head down and there's a a sense of that you're kind of creating a circular pattern as you are and they'll talk about breathing techniques I'm not going to get into breathing techniques because I think that is something that don't do that unless you talk to me okay Uh, because you can also you can kind of Get yourself. There's delusion along this path, too, where you can get yourself a little, I'll say cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like, you just kind of think too highly of yourself because you're like, I did the Jesus Prayer for 30 minutes. You probably forgot that you fell asleep for 10 minutes in the middle of that or something. Like, you need guidance. This is one of the major things about the Jesus Prayer and the actual practice of it is, in general, I would say with prayer rules, with uh, things like how you're approaching the fast getting a basic blessing it doesn't have to be you know a three-line email uh i might ask a question or just saying like i would like to do this something if you wanted to actually go into the jesus prayer i might even suggest in confession to you do the jesus prayer and i'm probably going to tell you five or ten minutes because i'm not going to tell you an hour or two hours because i know that's going to be impossible so i'm not going to set you up for failure but being able to sit in silence. To do the prayer audibly because you're not advanced to the point where they, the fathers talk about at some point there's an activation of the prayer in your heart where the God gives you the grace that the prayer is just present with you, that there's an internal disposition. Don't sh- aim for that. Uh, you'll read in Lives of Saints you know, that they glow with the uncreated light like our Lord did on Mount Tabor. You'll read about these great ascetical feats. In all of these practices, the point is never so that you glow, so that you have some experience. I'm, I'm serious. You think that you have these experience that you're searching for experiences because that's not the point. The point is the experience is Jesus. So if you're looking for anything but God, you're going to uh, hit the rocks hard. Uh, the setting of that stage, I'd also suggest before you sit, or if you start falling asleep, another thing to do as you're doing your Jesus prayers is to do prostrations. And by prostrations, there is, you know, the bow, or there is, as we've done tonight many times, going all the way down to the ground. There is, one, it'll wake you up. There's a practical aspect to this. Two, it's not a bad workout. Three, it is, there is, as we're talking about the physicality, when you prostrate all the way to the ground, you are falling before Jesus and you are telling yourself and like imitating the humility that you want to instill in yourself, right? Habits, sinful habits, they come to us by second nature. We're just ready to do it. We also have to instill in ourselves through bodily means because we sin with our body. We have to, with our body also pursue righteousness. So prostrations are a good thing, uh, to, you know, intermingle or put in there so that you're, practically keeping yourself awake, but also that you're training your body uh, in humility uh, and submitting yourself before our Lord. Let's see here. I'm talking really fast, and I've covered quite a little bit of ground. Is there any questions about what I've... Yes, Mark? You don't have to say it audibly. You can say it within the subject. The suggestion of the fathers is basically to start doing it audibly, though. Okay. Because... You need the physical, audible thing to keep your mind with the words. If you if you find in all this, there's a lot of this is also trial, trial and error, and trying to actually uh, do the thing itself. Uh, so if you, there are situations like at a monastery, going around muttering the Jesus prayer. That's par for the course. That's to be expected. If you're going around work, muttering all the time the Jesus prayer, you're probably going to have somebody call call you into HR and say, are you okay? Right? So, <laughs> the, <laughs> that, <laughs> that's one way to get fired. <laughs> but, the the basic advice is to start audible because, in the same way as I'm talking about the physicality of the prayer rope, how you're sitting, all of these things so that you are uh, training yourself. Can you do it internally? Yeah. The advice through most of the fathers is you need to start audibly. This is something, too, that can be done during the services. But I, I, I would suggest, though, that during the services, um, it's not something you'll see different practices. Some folks will have, you know, a prayer rope out and it's to help. With their mind Uh, but generally i would say when you're in the services following and trying to keep your mind focused on what's actually being said because you're in the assembly especially when you're in the choir (laughs) at seminary they always had to do this lecture it's like yes seminarians we know that you're very pious but when you're serving in the choir put your prayer rope up because you're singing you're not doing the jesus prayer and that is your sacrifice that is what you're doing Is being there and singing in the choir Uh, so there is though you'll see a monastery if you go to a monastery and the service somebody will be sitting there with uh, the prayer rope Uh, and it's something that you can uh, in practicing of it that you can in between things it's like almost like two things are happening at once orthodox right we like having two three sometimes four things maybe five or six happening all at the same time and sometimes that can be overwhelming and other times Those layers are working together. Any other questions? Question. Can a robot say them? A a robot could, but it wouldn't have the same effect that you would need for a human to say it. Any other questions before? If you are saying it internally, how do you know? Because you mentioned that you could fall into delusion. How would you know? how do you know if you've fallen into delusion when you start thinking you're a real hot stuff yeah. when you think uh that you've been doing a pretty good job for a while when you think that you've had experiences yeah. with, like the fathers talk about like uh visitations of a saint or the theotokos or even our lord right through prayer <coughs> uh all of those things are things that you need to actually submit to your spiritual father because as we know from scripture demons can pr- produce uh, effects they can come clothed in light they can and you hear this a lot through the desert fathers they'll talk about this these these uh ascetics who think they're they're at the height of piety they're so humble and all this stuff and then somebody uh appears to them a demon appears to them it's like uh you can fly, come fly, and then they run off a cliff, and then like mm. that's wasn't a saint; yeah. it was to delude them to get them off the track. I don't think you're going to have any kind of vit- like, no, but no, there is no. just that okay. basic like yeah. those experiences, having them submitted to somebody else uh, to inspect the fruit that that actually brings. Yeah. So, I'm, yeah, this I, is also part of the uh, path out of delusion is to do this. Under direction and obedience with a confessor, a spiritual father, which is why you're going to start off at like five minutes. (laughs) You're not going to be, you know, doing all night vigils in your, you know, bedroom at home because I'm sure your wife is going to be like, "Stop playing monk, come to bed, go to sleep." (laughs) You you got to get up and go to work. Uh, (laughs) Because. No, you're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, other specific prayers about that? Are we almost done? <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I got about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, I have to hold myself to that, or I, I could go on for a long time. There is, in, in prayer life in general, uh, you can read in certain Orthodox sources that, like, The Jesus prayer is it. That is like the prayer. And you'll find other way, other fathers or even desert fathers that have this kind of like argument, the path to salvation, almost like the quickest path or the best way to do it is psalmody. Others will say it's like, you know, the corporate services. Others will say, no, it's hanging out in your cell and doing your private prayer rule. But all of these are according to the differences that all of us have, right? Like some of us have a particular... Uh, I don't want to say introvert, extrovert, but something like there's an, an internality or we can't handle too much outward stimuli. So we really do need to like find a quiet place in order to actually get down and encounter God. That, But that's never to be at the expense of the gathering of the saints together at the church. At uh, the same token, you have somebody like, I can't pray by myself. All I need to do is the public services. I'm like, actually, you need private prayer because that feeds into and waters the ground and prepares the ground for you to be able to receive the graces that you need in uh, the communal prayer. There's freedom in practice in regards to, you know, the use of the Jesus prayer, the use of psalms, the the certain ways that you're going to do your prayers. The, The most important thing is that you're actually praying. So if the Jesus prayer is something that uh, you want to incorporate, uh, you can read, a, read about it a little bit, talk to me about it, um, you know, get a prayer rope if you don't have a prayer rope, uh, and just start doing it, practicing it. Um, this can be augmented with your evening prayers, morning prayers. Uh, it could, you know, if blessed, <coughs> replace that because some folks at a certain time of life, where they're just like, what I need is just to sit for 10 minutes before the icons and that is what I need more than anything that is something that can be done so let's see here when you're beginning to pursue the Jesus prayer as I was mentioning earlier there is the need for preparing to actually uh, do the Jesus prayer to not force yourself right so you're sitting down you're going to Jesus the Jesus Prayer you don't want no false uh, affectivity like Lord Jesus Christ like you like you're trying to make yourself feel something right like don't do that don't you know we have a tendency to almost like we're like selfie or, like watching ourselves as we're doing something yeah. that's probably a product of Instagram and such and it's gotten worse like we want, kind of want to watch ourselves like I'm doing a great job. What their fathers talk about is doing it slowly, purposefully, and doing it without, um, so not wooden, but not overly emotional, and just having your mind be in the words that you're saying. Not that you're trying to gin up in you like, and don't imagine things, right? The fathers talk about this a lot. When you're saying the prayer, you don't go, Lord Jesus Christ, and you see him like in the field with his apostles, you're like, ah, don't do that. Or he's enthroned in majesty, and I'm like there, and I'm thinking about because all again, this goes back to like those are all things that are gonna get you sidetracked. The fathers will talk about there's a place for the imagination, but it's a really low level of prayer. Because it's just something that gives you over to a lot of fantasy and a lot of just kind of like, what ifs, what ifs, Um, basically their advice is don't do that. Have your mind in the words and not overthinking it and just saying it, Lord Jesus, and it's just going to take practice. And as your mind wanders, as it does during the services, as it does when you're listening to your spouse, as it does when your kids are talking to, as it does when you're watching something and you're looking at your phone while you're supposed to be watching something, right? all of these practices that we have a distraction, it's just gonna take time. St. John Climacus, let's read from St. John Climacus. This is, uh, if you're gonna read a book on the Jesus Prayer, this is one that I would highly recommend. This is by St. Ign- Ignatius Brantinov. Um It's on the prayer of Jesus. Uh, this is, you're getting uh, the whole tradition and you're getting things, and basically a lot of my talk is a simplified version of this. Uh, but he goes through the Fathers with good quotes, talking about higher levels of prayer that you and I will probably never be, I'll use vouchsafed or gifted with those things unless god gives it and we show up and take the kingdom by force uh, but this is a good thing to kind of get wrap your mind around uh, so this is from the chapter on the safe way for beginners which is where i'm going to read some quotes from saint john Climacus. try to restore or more exactly to enclose your thought in the words of the prayer if on account of its infancy it wearies and wanders, lead it in again that is your mind the mind is naturally unstable but he who orders all things can control it notice it's not you that's trying to control it but you're waiting for God to help you in controlling it and offering control to your mind if you acquire this practice and constantly restrain it notice there's an interest like he who orders all things can control it but then he says but if you acquire this practice and constantly restrain it. God's going to have to give it to you, but you've got to show up and actually attempt to restrain it. He who sets Mm bounds to the sea of your mind will say to it during your prayer, hitherto thou shalt come and shall go no further. A quote from Job. It is impossible to bind a spirit, but where the creator of that spirit is present, there everything obeys him. The beginning of prayer consists in banishing the thoughts that come to us at their very appearance. The middle is when the mind stays solely in the words pronounced vocally or mentally. Another quote from St. John. Constantly struggle with your thought, and whenever it is carried hither and thither, collect it together. God does not require from novices or beginners prayer completely free from distractions. Do not be despondent when your thoughts are distracted, but remain calm and unceasingly restore your mind to itself. This uh, advice is echoed, especially uh, the uh, prayers. If you're looking for help uh, or guidance in prayer, there's the homilies of St. Theophon on prayer. If you just put St. Theophon homilies on prayer, he condenses a lot of this advice down into a few homilies. But it's basically when you're praying, and this is for the Jesus prayer, this is for when you're in church, this is for when you're saying your prayers, uh, is to keep your mind in the words themselves. Right? So you're hearing the epistle read, and you go, whee, and you just go, grab, it, grab your mind, bring it back, pay attention, hear the words. Uh, there are times where your mind might set on something, contemplate something, give thanks to God for something, or be convicted of something, and then bring your mind back. This is going to be the constant struggle. He talks about beginners. This is a distraction. I'm still very much a beginner. I assume most of you, unless God has given you grace are basically beginners. Don't despair, St. John tells us. This is what the struggle is, is trying to pay attention and keeping our minds uh, focused on what we're saying and who we're saying them to. Any questions about those points so far? Father Miles, do you have any questions? Okay. The Jesus prayer itself and the practice of it, these are some ways of thinking about the Jesus prayer before after. Um, The Jesus prayer itself is a form of adoration. We are declaring the kingship of Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. We're declaring who he is, have mercy on me, a sinner. We're declaring that he's also the savior. We've already said in his name that he's the savior. Uh, and we're implying it because he's the king and what we know about him but all of this is us coming before him and giving him worship and praise this is also where as i mentioned earlier going back to the apostles in the name of jesus demons are put to flight uh, the powers of darkness lose their hold Our uh, vain and evil thoughts and imaginations that we pray at the end uh, that prayer at the bowing of the heads at vespers In the name of Jesus, and we're saying the Jesus Prayer, we'll find refuge in Him because He'll protect us from those things. If there's particular sins that you are beset by, uh, saying the Jesus Prayer internally, even saying it vocally after you've fallen into it, uh, it are things that restore uh, your relationship with Christ. So, adoration. Finding refuge in him and repentance, the Jesus prayer and doing it for a few moments when you found, like I'm just talking about, that you've fallen into sin. It is a perfect way of bringing Christ into the problem instead of, as we very often do, I sinned. How could I sin? Why did I do that again? How could I? How dumb am I? Or how like, and then your mind just goes, right? And you're not actually repenting. You're just kind of beating yourself up. Uh, you start like feeling guilty you're, the whole time you're actually kind of being prideful too because you're actually saying to yourself I'm, I should be better than this what? no that's not the path of humility that Christ is going to save you from yourself so the Jesus prayer is something that especially have mercy on me a sinner uh, implores him and brings him uh, into your act of repentance the Jesus prayer, especially as it is practiced with us in the world, because this is not something, you have different aspects I was talking about, doing it privately in your home, uh, before your icons. There's also then the doing the Jesus prayer as you're just kind of going about your day, like as I gave the example, in your car, when you're at work, when somebody's really bugging you at work, when there is some colleague or some issue, Uh, you know, maybe even a family member, having the Jesus prayer right next to you helps transfigure the world. It brings Jesus' presence into everything that you're doing. It can sanctify doing the dishes. It can also soften your heart when you just want to smack somebody or tell them off to say the Jesus prayer. Most of the time, we just want to run and get right into the heat of the moment and the passion that overcomes us the Jesus prayer is something that it's almost like that that the secular advice, and it, and it's pretty good advice. Like if you feel really hot and heavy, and you're like, you know, take a deep breath, count to ten. Well, you could count to ten, or you could say the Jesus prayer ten times. I would suggest doing the Jesus prayer ten times, right? Because you're bringing Jesus into that moment, and even bringing him into that moment is going to break the hold of whatever is happening. And that's it's not going to do it. It's not magic. It's not going to do it like immediately, but it will soften your heart. And at the very end of the whole point of the Jesus prayer and bringing his presence is that you yourself are transfigured because Christ is brought with on your lips, your mind. He's brought into the depth of your heart and your soul that you encounter him, that he encounters you that he then in his deifying energy in that presence that communion you yourself are transfigured your passions the sins that so easily beset us they are slowly but surely the garden is weeded that our hearts are on pursuing things that are heavenly Uh, that our hearts are desiring jesus above all else this is, there's a reason why the Fathers give out very regularly the Jesus Prayer. Why they'll talk about when, you, when they make Tantra a monk, they're given, uh, you know, this certain uh, clothing, and they're given this, and they call this a sword, the, the prayer rope. This is something that can uh, be right by your side in order to fight the good fight that is before us is there any other questions things you've wondered about the Jesus prayer I must have covered everything really well just kidding I'm going to end with one do what? (laughs) fasting and then eating a bunch of heavy starchy stuff So I'm going to just end with this uh, quote from St. Isaac the Syrian. uh, As this is, uh, he summarizes for us what the prayer of the heart uh, at its heart is all about. He who desires to see the Lord within himself endeavors to purify his heart with the unceasing remembrance of God. The spiritual land of a man pure in soul is within him. The sun which shines in it is the light of the Holy Trinity. The air which its inhabitant breathes is the All-Holy Spirit. The life, joy, and gladness of that country is Christ, the light of the light, the Father. That is the Jerusalem, or kingdom of God, hidden within us, according to the word of the Lord. Of course, referring to where our Lord says the kingdom of God is hidden within you. Try to enter the cell within you, and you will see the heavenly cell. They are one and the same. By one entry you enter both. As you dive, this is me talking, not St. Isaac. As you dive down into your heart to encounter God there, you enter into king, the kingdom. St. Isaac again. The ladder to the heavenly kingdom is within you. It is built mysteriously in your soul. Immerse yourself within yourself beyond the reach of sin. And you will find there steps by which you can mount to heaven st isaac here does not mean in immersing yourself within yourself that we're talking about uh just mindfulness where you're just emptying yourself right that you are just trying to uh control your breathing calming your body down there's good practices to do that the jesus prayer is bringing jesus heaven itself down into your soul that is the goal it is a lofty goal But it is something that we have to start and fits and uh, starts little bit by little bit in uh, growing our prayer life so that we encounter Christ all around us, but especially find him always present, closer to us than we are to ourselves, as St. Augustine says, so that we can mount up to the very heavens. Let's end with prayer. (laughs) Lord, now let us all thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen the salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, alive to enlighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.